Welcome to Daybreak. Glad you're here. 48 for the high today, 65 sunny on Tuesday. You're just in time for some great spiritual direction. Our special guest in studio is Father Michael Voidhofer from yeah. St. Robert Bellarmine, and he joins us on the air. Father, hey. Hello. How are you? Good morning. Steelers win. Where's your gear? I didn't even know. You didn't even know? <laughs> really? No, nah, I've, been, I've been cruising around and uh, anointing people. Wow. Excellent. Well, somebody anointed the Steelers. Praise God. The Giants. So there you go. Spirit Catholic Radio. How awesome. are you doing this morning? Good, good. You and know, a good it's weekend? a great weekend. Uh, the Lord's working and power of His Spirit is always moving. And when we let Him, right? And right. God needs our will and we, we give Him permission to flow. And uh, I heard something uh, this week. I was watching one of Father Barron's uh, Catholicism you know, videos. Yeah. I think, no, actually, it was a conference he was at. I was out on EWTN. He was doing a conference. One of the, he, he was saying something pretty neat. He said, you know, he said, if you, if you knock, the, the walls of a river have a purpose. You knock out the walls of a river, you get a big, lazy lake. <laughs> and I thought that was a, that's an interesting thought because this weekend's readings is just kind of about that. You know, it's mm-hmm. about God giving walls to our energy, to our passions, to our desires. And that's what the Ten Commandments are. So God puts up these walls so that the, the water has a, a flow and an energy and a purpose. It, it has a direction, right? If you knock out the walls of the river, it just spreads out. It just out spreads out. Yeah. yeah, it just aimlessly spreads. And it, and it gets stagnant, right? And then the mosquitoes come and we all get Get bit. that green pond scum yeah. stuff. It's no good. No, no good at all. <laughs> terrible. No. So, you know, this is a, a, an exciting time for us as a church. And, you know, I was preaching yesterday on these readings. I'd like to talk a little bit about sure. the first reading, but... Um, or even the gospel, we'll see what the Holy Spirit does. But, uh, you know, one of the things um, that, that I, that I think is exciting is I told the people, at least at my, you know, when you give homilies, it's kind of like, you know how on your computer you get the latest updates to ni- different programs? Right. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like after you run that program, you realize it needs a few updates. Yeah. <laughs> so usually my, my first homily is updated after, you know, the first or second, I'm like, okay, I'm going to update this. I need to, to add this and that. <laughs> but, the, you know, it's how, you, it's how, the, how the Lord teaches us. So, you know, you learn as you preach, right? And you're just yeah. like y'all, is when you teach or when you lead others, you're always learning in the process, right? right? It morphs into a longer homily. Is that what there you're you telling go. us, Father? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Love it. <laughs> but, you know, the uh, I was telling the people at, at the second Mass how I'm, I'm more and more proud to be Catholic. More and more proud to be a priest because what I see happening is, you know, in the midst of this election period, I, I see the church getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger, and I think this is exciting. Yeah, I mean, of of, and I think this is something we can often miss, but as we know, throughout the ages and throughout history, persecution has always strengthened the church, mm. um, from the beginning to the end. When the church is persecuted, those as I say, the grace of baptism and confirmation becomes more and more untied in our souls. We, we start to give God permission, and we start to experience the mystical body of Christ as a living organism, as, as a true mystical body. Whereas when things are, you know, and it's just, it's our fallen human, our wounded nature, right? Where things aren't going, when things go like we want, we kind of like kick back, put our feet up, and... Uh, you know, just kind of say, oh, everything will work out. And yeah, there's still a lot, lot more that needs to happen, but I think it's a good start to see how the Lord is, because God has one thing in mind. 
He wants us to be saints. And, you know, whatever it takes for us to be saints is what a good and loving God is going to do. So God is, God is more focused on how his church is growing in virtue and holiness. You know, we pray to God that we get someone in office that respects, you know, the unborn, that, re- that respects our religious liberties, um, and, ex- and, and, and also the sanctity and dignity of married life and love. You know, these are fundamental principles. And, and what I talked about yesterday is, you know, Moses says to the people, you know, in the first reading, it was from Deuteronomy chapter 6, he says, Moses spoke to the people saying, fear the Lord your God. And I, I stopped right there. And, you know, often we think fear the Lord. What does that mean? You know, fear the Lord. We, we always, you know, it, it's kind of comes across. And I think it's good for us. It comes across as something that it just doesn't come real easy to you. Like fear the Lord. Like why would I be afraid of God? Like what's, you know, fear the Lord. You know, we, we fear terrorism. We fear losing our job. We fear disease or famine, whatever, right? We fear the natural disasters, whatever it is. But I fear the Lord. You know, what's the Lord coming in, you know, with a machine gun or something? You know, what's the Lord coming in? What's he going to do to me, you know? And and I was speaking with a, a priest uh, at St. Leo's, Father Andy Fawn, and we were talking about this, and he had this this thought. As he said, We were just talking about, you know, preaching this weekend. Before, it was on Saturday. And he, he was saying, you know, if you're holding a baby, you're preoccupied with caring for that baby. You know, if you're holding a baby, you watch where you walk, you watch where you step, you watch how you're holding the baby, because what you're holding or who you're holding is so precious, so good, so, so amazing that you want to do everything you can to protect and, and make sure that that baby doesn't get hurt or dropped, right? Yeah. And so we all through baptism and confirmation, are holding God within us. And we should be preoccupied in some sense and consciously aware of anything we think, say, or do that is going to extinguish the life of God within us. So it's, it's more about God is such a great good that I don't want to do anything to harm that relationship with Him. So everything we do in life should be directed toward preserving, protecting, and fostering that relationship rather than harming it. You know, you know, like TJ said, oh, if I'm, I'm, up, I'm saying to TJ here, I want to be your friend, and then I go off and, and say to his, to his family, um, you guys are goofballs, you know, like, start saying bad things <laughs> about, insult. like, if I start saying <laughs> bad things about your family and I start making up rumors and spreading them around and I start, you know, belittling them. And then I say, hey, TJ, let's hang out. Let's go to lunch. And you're like, wait a minute, something's wrong here. You know, you want to be my friend, but yet you are belittling those whom I love. Or let's say someone else is belittling your family, TJ, and I want to be friends with them, even though I know they're belittling your family. And you're like, there's something wrong there. Hmm. And so if we want to be friends with God, then... There's something wrong when we are placing importance upon things that harm that relationship rather than assist it and help it and foster it. Mm. And, and, you know, fear the Lord your God. Then what does God say? So if, if I fear God and, and, and I love God, then that means I care about what God cares about. 
And we know in the Old Testament, God gave the people of, of Israel, you know, about 614 commandments, if you will, laws, right? Laws. And, and like I always like to say is out of that 614, he has his top 10, right? Right. <laughs> so the top 10 of God are the 10 commandments, right? And, and, and uh, you know, like I always say too, I was telling the people, they're not the 10 suggestions, right? right. They're the 10 commandments. So God <laughs> cares about us and he gives us these commands, just like a parent would say to their kids, you know, you know, like you don't ask your kids to clean their room just because you feel like it. You know, it's, it's a part of teaching character and quality and, and building a, a, a virtuous child, right? Um, so if, if we care about God and that relationship, like you're holding that baby, if we're holding the life of grace within us, if we're holding divine life within us, we're temples of the Spirit, then, okay, what does God care about? Well, he gives me what he cares about. You know, and if we look at the top 10 commandments, what does God care about? You know, often we think, you know, well, you know, God cares about a lot of things. And that's right, he does. He cares about us all. He cares about many things. He cares about the ant crawling across the ground that you stomp on often, you know. He cares about, you know, our, what we do with, with our leftovers. He cares about, you know, what we do with our food, how we drive our car, you know, if we're texting when we're driving, endangering others. He cares about all of these things. And, and so God is a God that cares and, and I think we don't think about that often. God is a God that cares about us. And so he gives us these commands. And he's saying, well, what do I do? Well, if I fear the Lord, then I care about these commandments. Not just as casual maybes or possibilities, but this is coming from the mouth of God. It's pretty serious. you know. So I care about what God cares about. And so what are they? You know, He says here, if, you, if you're going to, Fear the Lord, then he says, what are you going to do? You're going to keep or observe um, throughout all the days, you know, he says, throughout the days of your lives, all my statutes and commands that I enjoin on you. And then he says, thus have a long life. And I like this. He says, hear then, O Israel. And Christ repeats this in the gospel. Hear, O Israel. And like I like to say is, take it to now. You know, the word of God's alive and active. It's not just a, a history book, right? It's through the spirit, the, the anointing on that word here now or here then O america here then O omaha here then O rachel's family <laughs> here then father michael you know and it's not just a global message it's an individual message mm-hmm. it's saying do you hear me wake up be attentive meaning open your ears to what i have to say because why well i'm the lord your god because that's what it says here if we read on it says, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, which means there's other possible contending gods, you know, because he's saying that to them, because he knows they came out of Egypt where they were being taught oh, yeah. a lot of other gods. Mm. And, and, and what was going on there? Well, God is saying, I want my people to be all for me. You know, there is no God. It's silly to, you know, like if, if your kid's trying to, you know, drink out of a cup that has nothing in it. You're like, okay, let me help this guy out, you know. <laughs> let me put a little water in the cup, you know. Well, when we use false gods, all we're doing is trying to drink from an empty cup. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> but we keep trying and we keep right. trying. It's kind of, you know, it doesn't make any sense. It's, 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 that's, that's the deceit of the enemy. Is, mm. you know, you're going to get quenched through this. But there's nothing there. It's an empty cup. 
So, so here, oh, America, here, oh, oh, Omaha, whatever it be, individually, I'd like you to make this message personal. What's God saying to you right now as we speak over the, over the radio, over the waves here? You know, he's saying, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Take to heart these words, which I enjoin on you today. And so, what's God care about? He gives us very clearly what he cares about, the Ten Commandments. Some spiritual direction as you start out your week this morning. Father Michael Voidhofer joins us in studio from St. Robert Bellarmine, talking about the Ten Commandments, talking about, obviously, what's going on in our country right now and, and the readings in the Gospel from this week. Yeah, and you know, as, as we look at these readings, as I said, this is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 2 to 6. So if you want to read that again, read it again. And... Uh, Moses is basically, as I said, he's telling his people, fear the Lord. When we talked, you know, fearing the Lord is caring about what God cares about. You know, holding that grace in our souls with a sense of reverence and awe. Like, Lord, I'm afraid to lose it. Because why? It's such a great good that I would never want to do anything. Like like, like I said, if, if I'm friends with TJ and I start making friends with someone who obviously belittles his family and doesn't respect what TJ respects, which is his family, then there's something wrong if, if I go up to TJ and say, hey, let's hang out. And he's like, well, let's talk about how you screw with my family or mess with my yeah. family, you know? Yeah. Like there's something wrong with that. Yeah. And so God's saying, okay, you know, this is what I care about. So we have the Ten Commandments, right? And so I, I, I kind of, at least what I reflected on with the people, which actually in Lent, the whole diocese, we were at the uh, clergy conference with the archbishop, and I think this is an awesome thing. The whole diocese here in Omaha is going to do a, a, a day where we all do a general examination of conscience after the homily. Mm. So everyone will be examining their conscience in our diocese. And, and I think it'd be a great thing for a whole country to do but we were all going to examine our conscience, and that's obviously based on the Ten Commandments. And if you never looked at the catechism and how it looks through each commandment, I highly encourage you to do that. You know, when I was starting to pay attention to God, you know, as I came into college and God started tugging on my heart, that grace started moving me more. You know, I made a good confession, and one of the one of the things I did in, in preparing for that confession is I went through the Ten Commandments in the Catechism. And you'll see <laughs> you'll see things in each commandment that you didn't know. It'll enlighten you. The, the, the magisterium of our church enlightens us. Of, what does it mean? I'm the Lord your God. I have no other gods beside me. Like, first commandment. That's pretty important. Serious. God cares about it. So I do. But what does that entail? And go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. You can look it up online or you should all have a copy um, if you don't get one. <laughs> but it's a great, great just just way to examine your conscience, to look at that. And, and it's always good to, you know, I, you know, I say keep that fresh in your heart and mind. Um, not that, you know, again, we're not a people of just rules in the book. We have rules because we love the one who gave us the rules. Mm. And we have trust in him that he's trustworthy. He knows that these rules are in my best interest. You know, if you have kids and you put a fence in the backyard, right, that the fence has a purpose. Yeah. Keep your kids from getting hit by a car, bit by a dog, etc. Right. God has put up a fence to keep us free, to keep us playing in a, in a, in a safe zone, if you will. So God cares about us. And, and so we look at these Ten Commandments and, you know, the first three, what I say, that you know, the first one, 
Um, I'm the Lord your God. Have no other gods besides me. I, I just kind of sum that up with, uh, you know, I respect and realize that God is important, that God is number one, that God is someone that I should be thinking about. Mm. If you love somebody, you're thinking about them. Like, you know, yeah. you love your kids, you love your family, right? You're, they're in your mind. You know, you, you're in some sense, there's a there's a healthy, you know, a little bit of worry maybe about what's going on their day. I hope everything's going okay, oh, yeah. right? You know, yep. you're preoccupied. That's love, right? God is, God is always, he's always thinking about us. So we're thinking about, like, he's important, as I said. And then, you know, the, the, uh, Second command, don't use the Lord's name in vain, just simply. Like like I just said, like if if I say I want to be friends with you and then I'm just kind of throwing your your uh, under your, the bus. Yeah, yeah, throwing you under the yeah. bus, it's like, okay, well something's seriously not right. right there. Um so again, we say we honor God above all things. We we say, you know, don't lose the Lord's name in vain, but but where's my heart in all of that? You know, wh- where's some litmus tests that I can yeah. look at to to see where I'm at there? You know, and, and we look at our day, right? We just look at our day and examine our, again, examine a conscience, examine our day. Stop halfway through your day and say, how did I do today? You know, how have I protected my relationship with God? How have I preserved that? But all the activities that you mentioned, Father, just saying, does God care about this? Care what God cares about. Yeah. That's a, that's a great litmus test for your day yeah. and a right. lot of your activities and your time and, and, and your focus. Because when you talk about serve no other God but me, but, you know, sometimes we elevate things almost as godlike mm-hmm. status. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's almost like you know you're holding a baby and there's the uh the MacBook <laughs> and you drop the baby to get the MacBook. It's like something's not right. Right. The MacBook's a good thing, a baby's a good thing, but the baby's a much higher good. Don't drop the baby. The, than the yeah. computer or whatever it is, you know, or drop But that's a great that's a great uh, analogy cuz I think people could really, you know, that is so precious, but how many times do we just Drop it because then we walk over. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. Or your marriage, you yeah. drop your marriage to watch the TV show. Like, well, what's more important here? Like yeah. hierarchically, there's no. It's a no-brainer. Right. And when we think about it, it makes sense. But we're in the moment. Our yeah. fallen human nature. We tend to to run toward the easy, comfortable, pleasurable um, way. And that's what God. You know, again, in Egypt, God had to not only get the people of Israel out of Egypt. He had to get Egypt out of them. And then that's what I said. That's the key. Is yeah. How does God get Egypt out of us? How does he get that false worship of those false gods? You know, iPhone, uh, iPad, uh, TV shows. That's going to stick with people this morning, Father, throughout the day. D- drop the baby. Don't yeah. drop the baby. Yeah, don't <laughs> drop the baby. And actually, the baby, if you think about this, guys, the baby is, is, is Jesus in me, the child Jesus. Right. Yeah. He's in us all. We all have God in us. And again, you know, again, we talked about this in the series we did just recently on the, uh, uh, you know, uh, on the child and the father. But, you know, abortion in the world is reflective of being, having already have aborted God in my soul. I eliminate the life of God within me. And that is reflected in the way I live my life. You know, abortion is just a physical manifestation of the abortion of grace. The, the killing off of God's divine life in my soul. Mm. And, and, and. And this is why, again, sometimes people don't know what even sin is. Yet, if they take time to sit quietly, it's pretty clear that you don't drop a baby to get a, 
you know, a computer or watch this or that or food, whatever it be. I mean, it can go on and on. But these, these first three commandments, you know, then on, you know, God's worthy of my time. Yeah. If he's so good, then he's worthy of my time, my energy. Like it's, you know, oh, I don't want to go to mass this morning. Well, what is your, what good are you protecting? Mm. Y- you know, you're protecting your sleep, <laughs> right? Right. Over your bank account, your relationship yeah. with yeah. God, or or your. It's like we we put more energy into making sure our iPhone's updated than in what's going on in my prayer life. If I die today, where am I going? Like I prayed this morning at mass. May we celebrate this mass as if it's our first and last, because mm. we could all. Who knows? We could all. We could die at any moment. Like God says, be ready. You know, like a thief in the night, you know, he, he's going to return and he's going to come for us and we have to be prepared. You know, it's, it's just, it's something to, to be concerned about, you know? And, and so these first three commandments, you know, you know, the Lord is our God, you know, don't use his name in vain and uh, keep holy the Lord's day. And this is what I, what I, what I was trying to help the people to see is our founding fathers understood these principles that God gave as commands. And these are invested or written into our founding documents, our, our constitution. You know, this is religious liberty. These right. first three commandments deal specifically with religious liberty. Mm-hmm. And we don't often make that connection, but it does. You know, the freedom to worship God, not just in and behind the church doors, yeah. but out in your workplace. You are free to worship God. And, and for someone to impose upon you a, an idea that contradicts your worship of God is against God's commands and against the founding uh, documents, uh, uh, our, our basic principles of our country. Because we should be allowed to care what God cares about in our public life, and our private life, yeah. in the public forum. Exactly. Yeah. Like it, it, oh. And it makes no sense, you know, if... Let's say you let's say okay. You teach your kids, um, okay. You say nice things to mom and dad when you're in the house, but when you're out there, you're not allowed to say you know yeah. that you, you can say whatever right. you want. Yeah. See, it's like it's 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 a double personality, and it's it's not it's 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 screwed up. <laughs> it is. Bottom line. Just, yeah. So, simply. like our sign here, you know, religious liberty, our most cherished freedom, because. If we're not free to be who God made us to be, which is what worship is, you know, let's make that real clear. To be who God made you to be as a man and as a woman is to worship God. Worship isn't just you going to church, you know, opening your hands, closing your hands, kneeling, sitting, standing. You know, worship is being who God made you to be. In Him, I live, I move, and have my being. Worship is being a man, a husband, and a father, faithful to my vocation. You're worshiping God if you're doing that. You're doing God's will. Being a, a, a woman, a wife, and a mother, you're worshiping God if you're being faithful to that. And yeah, you fall up and down, but there's a difference between someone that throws in a towel and says, who are you to tell me what to do, as opposed to someone saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm striving toward being a good wife, mother, you know, husband, father. And, and we're all on that. I'm, I'm striving to be a good priest. I fall on my face. That's why I go to confession, you know. So, so this cherished freedom is in our founding principles of our country, and it's right in the uh, the, the 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 commands. That's where it came from. Clear back to Moses, God telling Moses, you know, hey, here's the commands given to the people. 
Um, and what's God say? You know, he says in that reading, if you do this, he says, if you keep these commands and statutes, you will prosper the more. And the God of our fathers, he says, he says, to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. Well, don't Americans want a land flowing with milk and honey? Don't we want a prosperous nation? Well, guess what? Prosperity in a sense of not just always material prosperity, but, but a character, a holiness, a, a virtuous citizen, citizens that can say no to their, their successful corporate life so that they can embrace the little baby rather than tear the baby to pieces so that I can have a corporate life. You know, it's, it's a very warped and distorted, you know, idea, but this is where we're at. I mean, this is it. You know, if I went downtown and said, I'm going to eliminate um, all of the, the homeless, you would be, and I'm like, I'm running for office. I'm going to, one of the things I'm going to work on promoting is eliminating all of the homeless people downtown. Well, everyone would be up in arms. Right. But for some odd reason, when we focus on eliminating babies in the womb, there's no, no much of a, a battle cry going on. It's like, you know, the silent scream. Mm. You know, who's going to speak for those who can't speak? We the people. That's what we, we the people should be speaking for the most vulnerable. And no one can argue the most vulnerable among us are those in the womb, which should be, as I always say, the safest place on the face of the earth. And sadly, it's becoming quickly the most dangerous place to be. You know, and, and so these, these first three commandments are key and crucial. To be a mom, that's part of your religious liberty. You know, to, to not encourage people to do wrong, but let's encourage families and people to work toward what's right, you know. And, and then just briefly, you know, the, the fourth commandment, honoring authority, right, whether it be church authority, parents, you know, boss, somebody that is over you, that obviously if they're asking you to sin, that's different, but... If you're if you're not being asked to sin, and you're asked to be obedient, obedience teaches us again character, virtue, holiness of life. Look at all the saints. John on the cross was thrown in prison by his own community, but he he's a doctor of the church. And and again, what God values, we often don't. God values holiness, and He's going to do whatever He has to to bring this country into holiness. And, and I think the false god, which has been uh, the duller is is losing power and god's saying see your god's not as strong as you thought it was and he and he's not yeah. he's not out to make us successful and lo lose our souls what good is it to gain the whole world and lose our soul again this is this is just again it shows you this is why there's this is all a crisis of faith our country's in a crisis of faith and this is why the year of faith is so apropos that Benedict, the Holy Spirit, has moved him to do this. Because year of faith in what? Not in your dollar, not in your health, not in anything. Faith in God. Because everything else will fall apart eventually and will not be. But our immortal souls in God is the only thing that lasts for eternity. You know? and, and so we want to make sure that eternity is with him, not with Satan in hell. So these are, these are just things to think about and pray about and, and to be concerned about because these all deal with how I'm relating to God and how God's relating to me. And, and you know, just, I know we got to No, up. Father, keep going. You're good. But the, uh, the, uh, the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill, you know, well, obviously that has to deal with life. You know, we know abortion and anything that's harming human life. But 
especially the unborn, that's where the amount of, you know, being slaughtered right now is tragic and, and can't right. even put words to it. You know, it's worse than, than Nazi Germany. It's, it's, it's a Holocaust and everyone pretends that nothing's happening, you know? And uh, it's time we as a church, as I said, that's why I'm proud to be a Catholic and a priest because I see people starting to speak up more and more and defend these unborn, these beloved babies. Um, and, uh, you know, life in also dealing with, with marriage, you know, what's number, number uh, nine, don't covet your neighbor's wife. Number six, don't commit adultery. You know, life and marriage. So you're seeing in God's top ten, you're seeing what? Life, you're seeing liberty. Life involves marriage and family and babies. I mean, without that, there is no life. You know, liberty, the first three commandments. Pursuit of happiness, what? The, the ability to, uh, to attain property and, and to know that you're safe to have that property. Own that property and develop whatever you'd like on that property. That's what pursuit of happiness is. The Founding Fathers wanted people to have the freedom to develop the, what they own yeah. and, and to be prosperous with it. So life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, right in our Ten Commandments, the top ten of God. And so back to the question to close is when you go to the polls, how can anyone elect any candidate that is at enmity with God's top ten and say that you're a friend of God? I'm a friend of TJ, but I'm going to be friends with somebody that is at odds with his family. That is not even, makes no sense. And so we, we all say we love God and we come into the church and, you know, you know, especially as a Catholic, there is no excuse for how the church has spoken out on the issues of life and marriage and liberty to, to go into the polls and, and elect someone that is totally anti-life you know, in a sense that the most vulnerable in the womb, you know, and, and, and attacking our most cherished freedom, religious liberty, and, and basically saying, you know, it's no big deal how God set up marriage in the family. You know, we can adjust that. We can, you know, be tolerant toward everything and others, and there's no real rules. Again, what's that going back to the banks of the river? Let's just blow out the banks, then you get a big lazy river that's stagnant and dead. Well, our economy's dead because we've blown out the banks. When you blow out the banks, there is no movement. There's no dynamic. There's no flow. There's no direction. Because we've blown out the banks because we want to give everyone what they want. And that water's become so thin, it's actually drying up and it's stagnant and it stinks. And God is saying to us as a people, he's saying, let me give you guidance and direction put the banks in in your lives first start with me and that starts with you this tuesday where you will go to the polls and you're going to elect a leader of this country we will elect a leader of this country and each individual is a part of that and let's elect a leader of the country that respects at least to some degree God's will. And God's will is what? Look at the commandments. And what do they say? Basically summed up, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And this is what's going to bring this country back to being prosperous and to become a land flowing with milk and honey where we, we don't promote across seas the destruction of human life, but we promote across seas, you know, the, the, the gift of life. And, and yes, America, we do a lot of good things. It's, I'm not... 
No, but yeah. this is a major issue that we we cannot minimize the destruction of the unborn just to be another issue right. among many. Right. God's top ten. Yeah, it's a hierarchy. D- destroying human life. Like I said, if I went downtown and I said I'm going to eliminate all the poor and actually we're going to pull them apart. Right. There would be like, it, or if I said I'm going to go downtown and I'm going to find all of the 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 pets that have strayed and just throw them in the dumpster. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd have right. the news all over the place. The church wouldn't have it. The room, the parking lot would be full of uh, stations and, and satellites, and they'd be knocking on the door. This guy's killing puppies. My goodness, what are we doing? This makes, this is insanity. And, and this is why, again, I'm proud to be a Catholic, and I'm just saying the church has seen the rise and fall of empires throughout history, and we are steadfast because we have a magisterium. God has established his church to be the voice of truth in a world that is in so need to be challenged. And if you don't get angry at times with the church, you're probably making yourself God, which means you've decided what you'll live and what you won't. You're a cafeteria Catholic as opposed to a Catholic that says, no, like, like a kid gets mad at mom and dad. That's not, that's not a bad thing. It just means I'm slowly coming into conformity with what Mother Church is asking of me. Rather than, you have two choices. You get mad and you run away, and which is probably worse off, definitely worse off than staying and saying, okay, I'll abide by this. Mom and dad have been around longer. Maybe they know a little better than I. So I'll give you all a blessing. and uh, Praise God. <laughs> Care what God Go cares about and, and, and vote what God cares yeah. about. That's yeah, don't much, drop the baby. Yeah, pretty clear. Don't drop, don't the, drop, the, drop baby. the baby. Yeah, Father, you Father, we ask that you pour your spirit into our hearts and lives, that we protect the divine life of grace, that you work so hard on the cross for each of us to have and receive and to cherish and treasure. And Lord, you live in us through baptism. And Lord, we just ask for a spirit of repentance to fall upon each of our hearts in this nation that in any ways that we haven't cared about what you've done on the cross or cared about the grace you've given us in our souls or in any way, Lord, where we've, we've attacked that life of grace in others, we ask that you pardon us. And when we do say, forgive us, Jesus, we're sorry. And Lord, we just ask for the anointing and light upon this nation to see the most precious principles that you have established this this nation on, that we may all abide by them and respect them and elect leadership that will that will live and promote your holy will. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, very powerful. Appreciate it. Great <laughs> stuff this morning. Father Michael Voidhofer from St. Robert Bellarmine, 740. We're back with more right after this.